I'm thrilled to share the film with everybody who worked on it. I mean, we shot in Nova Scotia for 11 days and then two days in Sydney and Glace Bay. But then we shot, you know, 25, 30 days overseas. So I'm really excited to show them the whole film. Hello and welcome to the 2023 Atlantic International Film Festival podcast. On this episode, we will explore a film that mashes up the textures of Indian cinema with a Canadian coming-of-age picture. The Queen of My Dreams is a comedy-drama that explores the chasm between desires and expectations. Set against the backdrop of a shared obsession with Bollywood fantasy, a Pakistani Muslim woman and her Canadian-born daughter come of age in two different eras. I was joined by the writer and director, Fazia Mirza. So this this film feels very personal. Can you kind of elaborate on um, how much of, of, of you is in this story? Yeah, so the film, um, like every film, is making it as a journey. Um, and it obviously changes so much even in the edit process. But this idea has been with me for a long time. So the the first inklings of this concept started with a short film that I made in 2012. Um, and it world premiered at the Seattle International Film Festival. It was also called The Queen of My Dreams. And that was a short film that was very much about me um, trying to reconcile whether I could be queer and Muslim and love these ideas of Bollywood or, you know, cinema, love and romance as a queer Muslim South Asian person. And, you know, it was a very public way of kind of grappling with a really private struggle. And it was my first, it wasn't my first project that I'd made, but it was the first short film that I made. And I made it with a really great collaborator on that, Ryan Logan. And it it sort of embarked me on this journey of like, I should make more short films. And then in God, it was like 2015, I think, when the play came out. But then I also developed a play called Me, My Mom, and Sharmila. And I developed that with a really great um, social justice company I was working with in Chicago called Catharsis Productions. And I worked with someone named Brian Golden and developed a one-person show. And that was very personal. Uh, It was about me and my relationship with my mother told through a love for this uh, iconic uh, South Asian cinema actress, Sharmila Tagore. And, you know, the journey to finding this script, you know, it's it's been a journey. You know, at one point I was working with another writer. At another point I was working with a script consultant. And then eventually I just came back to working on it and developing it on my own. And, you know, I... Uh, I would love to talk more about that part of the writing process, um, but I'm also in the Writers Guild of America, and I'm a WGA member, and so this film is is kind of under that uh, WGA contract. So once we reach a fair contract, I'm happy to come back on and talk more about the writing part of it. But I'd I'd be happy to keep talking about the director side of it. I fully respect that. Good solidarity. So. Of course, of course. <laughs> You know, one of the things that I feel really excited by about this film is, you know, that 
it's a project that is made outside of a traditional Hollywood studio system. And that really allows us, you know, being funded in Canada, made in Canada under the Canadian Actors Union, it really allows us to still share the film and talk about the film and bring it to audiences and be there with audiences and and just show that there are other systems out there that work. And um, quite frankly, I think the, the folks that are centered in this story, um, you know, it's a lot harder to get those movies made in other communities. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the film is kind of straddles life in Canada and life in Pakistan. Um, and one of the things I thought you did brilliantly was give a real sense of place, especially when the, the characters moved to Pakistan, because mm-hmm. I kind of felt like the um, edit style, the framing, the characters you'd used to kind of illustrate those different scenes that kind of moved like a, a slide projector was kind of such a nice way of giving a sense of culture and landscape. So mm. like, how important was that aspect for you? Because it felt very thought through. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, you know, one of the things that was really important to me was just, you know, it's my first feature as a director. And so I just wanted to world build in a way that, um, you know, we've, there have been many films made in Nova Scotia. There have been many films, there are, there are incredible films being made coming out of Pakistan, but there's also been many films made in Pakistan by teams. And there's also like stories of both of these places shared around the world and what these places look like and who the people are. And so I was really wanting to show place. And I don't want to say in a unique way, because I don't think I've invented anything. I think I'm just sort of inspired by um, things I've experienced and um, nostalgia um, I think, you know, it was a really great part of this. And, um, so I wanted to, to have B roll, you know, and show place in a way that was different than that classic shot out the window and you see landscape passing by, which we see it. It's effective. We'll see it again. We'll always see that style. And I'm sure I'll shoot that in another movie. Um, but also I was really interested in like place, um, as connected to people, and to show um, them together. And so a lot of that B-roll that you see has people and place together, even if they're not the main characters in our story, we see them in this connected to this landscape. And so they're, you know, they're the main characters in their own story. And, uh, you know, the idea of slides, uh, you know, my dad was a lover of the slideshow. I grew up in a household where, Folks would come over on a Friday night and have dinner, and then the slides would come out from their latest, their old trip from before I was born, kind of thing. And it was an event. It was, it was, and so I've been thinking a lot about, you know, this film is very much connected to memory and nostalgia and romance and, um, Technology is part, deeply, deeply part of that uh, that romance with the past, and the romance with understanding who we are. And so that the slideshow is really interesting. I'm also, you know, I'm working on uh, sort of a, an experimental project where I'm uh, I got a grant to digitize um, 
all of my family's old archival footage and like these slides. I want to archive them and digitize them. And um, I was, that also was part of that inspiration. Um, and, the, you know, just really connecting to this whole film is set in not just two other time periods, but three other time periods, the the 90s being the most recent. And, you know, what's what are sounds that that kind of transport us? And one of those sounds that we use in the film is sounds of like a VHS, but also the first sounds are these sounds of like a slideshow, a clicker, the, the carousel moving. Um, and it is, there is, it's, it's memory and it's like also very, it felt very cinematic um, and how, how, you know, you even think about like how we use technology now, audiences are so smart. They'll, they'll just go with you, you know, and, and, and this was a great way for me to also be reminded of um, how little it can take to place us. And I really was just trying to dig into, to memory um, and a shared experience um, and create, you know, the memories we all have, but also creating memory through the film um, so that by, you know, 45 minutes in, you have, you also have memory of something you watched, you know, in the first few seconds. Um, so it was definitely intentional. And I had a great team of producers who, you know, Jason Levangi and Andrea Wilson, Mirza and Mark Tetro, who were also, you know, I'm deeply collaborative and they were all very um, excited about that as, and helped me embrace that. And we sort of, you know, made sure that we shot uh, everything in a certain style. And my cinematographer, Matt Irwin, um, you know, was part of that. And I think, you know, this, the slide element, um, also emerged in the process because what I did know was that I wanted to do these whip pans and the, some of those whip pans have stayed as whip pans within. Um, and I think that slideshow element kind of became part of it a little later in the process as I was sort of sitting and marinating on how to bring this all together. But the whip pan idea was something that you know, was baked into the footage. So all the B-roll has these whip in and whip outs. And, you know, those kind of have their roots in, you know, I, even though this film is a dramedy, I, I come from a deeply comedic storytelling background. And I love films like, um, you know, Edgar Wright's movies and, you know, things like Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. And um, there's a lot of like, not just and and Scott Pilgrim, but like there's 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 these quick movements, and so I wanted to bring some of these styles and experiment with these styles in this first film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really got a sense of that with the um, when they were making uh, tea and snacks for the for the families coming together to discuss, you know, um, pairing up and matching the, the the sequence you did, which you know, where the tea was being prepared was really reminiscent of that kind of Edgar Wright style. I thought it was really cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I think really wanting to, um, you know, I come from as a, you know, a multiple identity. I am a multiple identity human as, as many of us are. And I, 
both embrace and live outside of um, those identities and structures and systems. And so, you know, in thinking about this film, it was like, well, what are the rules here? You know, what are we, what, how are we supposed to do this? What is, what is, what has to be done? And I think sometimes um, we just follow that rule, those rules. And uh, I think with this, I was just like, well, what if we just threw this into this mother daughter story, let's try it. And you know, there were some things that were working and some things that weren't working as well. And some things that I hope to, refine for the next film as well. Um, but it was like, well, why can't this like mother daughter story with like a lot of drama and heart, um, have this, um, this, this genre, the style that's often connected to these other genres in it. You know, I mean, when we have, you know, obviously the spine of this film is, is a death, but like, there's always so much, levels of emotion in those real spaces. So it's like, well, maybe we want to go on that journey in this film. <laughs> and when you talk about blending genres and kind of crossing over genres, I love the Bollywood sequences and the way the way that you directed them and shot them and edited them was kind of so true to that cinematic form. So has that been an influence on you? Have, have Bollywood movies kind of played a role and you wanted to kind of, you know, give people a taste of of that kind of influence? Yeah, I mean, you know, Bollywood films or Hindi language films. I mean, this these movies definitely shaped who I am. You know, growing up in Sydney, Cape Breton, uh, before there was any sort of way to communicate via social media with anybody anywhere else, uh, you movies were a way that you could connect to other communities and also your own community and yourself. Movies were the portal. Um, And so, you know, we would get, I remember my family would get movies um, shipped into the local store and we would go rent them. And then there was a time where my mom was renting them herself. She bought a bunch of them and was renting them. It wasn't a really lucrative business, but it's fine. Um, But you know, it was, it was, it was our portal to the homeland and to culture. And I think that's true for a lot of immigrant communities. Um, you know, we're, you're always looking for folks who share your values. Uh, the fantasy is, is just such an integral part of who we are. The fantasy, the music, the color, the, the dreaming, the possibility, the romance, the, uh, you know, it's both nostalgic and uh, the future all at the same time. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I'm a Pisces. I uh, sort of carry my emotions as part of my, on my sleeve, but like as part of my power. And so I would be so moved by by these movies and dreamt of these moments happening to me in real life. And, you know, I didn't grow up thinking I would be a filmmaker. I didn't go to film school. I didn't go to art school. I I went to law school. I did all these other things. And so, you know, took a really circuitous path to being here. But like the root of, of the fantasy world has always been deeply imprinted on me. And, you know, in terms of like the the process and the craft of building those moments, that was definitely something that came together 
in pre-production with our cinematographer, Matt Irwin, and, you know, storyboarding. And, you know, I use storyboarding lightly because um, I was drawing some of the images and I am terrible at drawing anything. So they were just these terrible stick figures. Uh, but, you know, it just sort of figuring out, well, what are we looking for? What are these moments we need to capture? And, you know, I gave our cinematographer some great film references. He did his own research and, and just like looking at like, what are these quintessential iconic shots um, from some of these films? And like, especially thinking about films from the nineties or films from the sixties, uh, even going further back, you know, I mean, fashion, music, film, it's all kind of, is all repeating itself um, and, and referencing itself. I remember one day he came to me and was like, there's the zoom, the zoom, the zoom, zooming in on a character in these old uh, Hindi films and Bollywood films is like the move. And he's like, we're going to need a zoom lens. And I was like, <laughs> you know, great. We're gonna, let's do it. Let's figure that out. And so, you know, it was really, really intentional um, finding those pieces that are referencing um, certain iconic, I don't want to say cheesy because I love cheese, uh, but it's more like a moment in time and a way films were made um, that are different from the way they're made now, mm. whether it's because of the technology um, or the resources. So um, yeah, it was a really fun process uh, and pl playing and finding that I'd say the, the, the fantasy in the Bollywood world was, was one thing and it mirrored in some ways, the way we shot the cable access video, which also had a lot of punch-ins and zooms and you can just sort of play and do what you want, which, you know, hopefully we could do that always, but because we're referencing this moment in time and the style. Well, you did a really good job because it was instantly recognizable in so many subtle ways. I was transported to kind of that genre in those dream sequences. So one of the other things about your film too is that a lot of people like to go for those kind of more muted tones these days or there's kind of, you know, people use like teal and orange together. And, but your movie, the, the colors are so vibrant. Even like Nova Scotia in like what would be the 80s or the 90s, you make it look vibrant, um, <laughs> which is, you know, an instantaneously a vibrant place that you'd imagine. So um, right. where did that come from for you? I mean, I think the vibrance is built into the fantasy world I'm inspired by, uh, you know, growing up and even now. And I think additionally, outside of the film space, you know, as a queer Muslim person uh, who's been creating content centering, you know, characters who look like me or have my identity, there's just so many stories that are bleak that end with our trauma and are about our tragedy and center our sadness that I have definitely committed my art and craft to centering our joy and our potential and writing stories that have our fantasies in them and our dreams and our possibility because otherwise how are we able to thrive if we don't see ourselves so that's also a big part of what I love to make and I would say that 
you know, in terms of finding all those layers, it was, it was definitely, it's been a process. You know, I knew I wanted the film to have color and richness and vibrance. Um, and I conveyed that to Matt, the, our DP, and he worked really hard to create a LUT. I am no expert in, in this part of the process, but basically almost like uh, something that we could place on the le- over the lens so that we could give it a color that when I looked into the camera and when he looked into the camera and when I looked at the monitor, when anyone looked at the monitor, we could see the vibrance of the world that we were hoping to have in the final end product so that we were all on the same page, including the production designers and the hair and makeup, the wardrobe people. And, you know, we were all just speaking the same language. So that was a big part of it in the production side of it. You know, you look at the movie Elvis. I love Lars von Trier's like big, huge fantasy films. And there's something about those worlds that I love and felt really important for this film in particular. That was a really kind of collaborative process in thinking about, you know, the film has almost five different color grades in it. Um, tweaks to the world, the 90s, the 80s, the 60s, and then also the fantasy sequences, and then also the old 1969 film that we show itself has its own look to it. So essentially, it's like, how do we make sure that this world is always, you know, we're looking at it in reference to itself as well. And then Nova Scotia, I think, you know, again, like, yes, of course, there's, there are bleaker stories I could tell about Nova Scotia and living there as a Pakistani Muslim brown family, but that's not the whole story. And it is a beautiful place. It's a stunning, gorgeous place to visit. I I didn't want to lean into the bleakness of all these places because that is not what the film is about. Um, the, 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 the romance in the film is a mother daughter story. And then the second romance is in the sixties between the mother and, and the father. So, so it's like it, there's a romance and, and, and that, how do you really convey that? And for me, that's through, uh, the vibrance. Mm. One of the, one of the things I think that you did really well was jumping back and forth between different time periods. It's not an easy execution to keep the audience on track of where they are and, you know, that you're transitioning between moments. But the way you graded it, we made it kind of really clear in a, in a very subtle way. But also you had these amazing transitions between those time periods. Mm. And I didn't ever feel lost. And I kind of felt those transition moments were super subtle. But at the same time, um, in terms of your framing and your editing, they felt, again, quite intentional and thought through. So was that something you were worried about when you kind of were going to jump from the 60s to the 90s to the 80s? Um, and you know, I kind of, I, I got the impression that you had a plan, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, if you feel like we had a plan, then I feel like that's mission accomplished. <laughs> um, there's nothing more to say. I think we yeah, all yeah. did a great job. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, shooting this film was, of course, a challenge. It's shot in two different countries with two different crews in two very different places, with multiple time periods and fantasy sequences and aging makeup and, you know, a a lot of different pieces. And 
I would say that for as a first time feature director, I was excited to to make it all work. But of course, it was it was a it was a big challenge to do that. And there's always the different stages of the film. There's the writing the script, there's shooting the film, and then there's the edit where ultimately you really find the movie. And I, I would say our editor, Simone Smith, who is a genius and just an incredible uh, visionary editor and who also really understood my, my style of working, which is to try everything. And we might have to try it again once we've tried something else. And she was just on board with all of that. And, you know, I really see it as a collaborative uh, part of the process. So, you know, she had fantastic ideas and, um, I mean, it was a journey to find it. And I think that, you know, when you get to the edit, there's so much that you saw when you were filming. And then there's some, there's things where you're like, wow, I wish I had a little more, or I wish I had this over here. And you're, al- you're always a better director once you're in the edit- editing room. And, you know, that was something that a much better director than me uh, gave me that wisdom. And I was like, oh my God, she's right. And so, you know, we, we, we were finding it and, um, you know, we, we did some test screenings of the film. We showed it to other filmmakers and folks in the industry. And I love getting feedback from trusted sources and, um, you know, what's working and what's not. And, and so it was, it wasn't quite as linear of a path to finding that, but I think that is the process. And that's definitely my process. You know, there's more we could have done, but with this story, with this film and this footage, it felt like the way to take us in and out was to do it only once or twice and in sections. I think the way we've laid it out was the best way we could go in and out and follow the world in the clearest way and kind of build up the most love for all of our characters as well. Oh, amazing. I, I kind of, I felt as well, there was a, there was a moment where the lead character is sat on the toilet with a corded phone and the cord kind of comes right up past the camera, which kind of really gave me a sense of the nineties. And then she's walking around the apartment on this really long cord. Great attention to detail for kind of creating different periods in time and it's not a a small undertaking to try and kind of recreate the 60s especially in two different locations you know to go back in time so tell me a little bit about that process because it was a it must I, I felt like you did a really meticulous job or your team, you know, of, of in, the, in the costume department and set design did a meticulous job too. But it's like one hell of an endeavor. <laughs> so, <laughs> what was that like to take on in your first movie? It was a blessing to be able to do so much on, on this directorial debut. And also I, you know, I'm so grateful for, the incredible Halifax-based production designer, Michael Pearson, who was across the entire film. I remember going into a meeting with him and my producers, Jason Levangi and Mark Tetra were like, Michael's great. He's done, you know, a bunch of our films. We love him. He's so talented. And I was like, yes, of course. Yes, of course. And then within a few minutes, the just, um, grace and uh, specificity and intentionality of Michael's questions 
um, moved me so much that I was just like, I had to stop myself from saying you're hired, you know, in the interview myself. I don't know. I, I, I know I already said that our editor was a genius, but, and it's not that I throw this term around lightly, but I think Michael Pearson is, is just a genius and he's got such a way with color and such a way with complementary colors and understand skin tone. And that's a huge issue. It's a huge uh, thing to factor in. And as a Brown person, when we're thinking about makeup or, set deck or wall paint color or the lighting, how the camera's positioned, everything, everything is different when you're working with people of color, when you're working with an all, you know, folks within a community have different skin tone shades. And that is something I think about often. And it's something that not everyone else does. And Michael was just so thoughtful. And, you know, he went to Pakistan on our, like, on our location scout, you know, our local producers in Pakistan, Carol Narona and Kamal Chima brought together an incredible local art team, um, Imran and um, Cyrus. And, you know, Michael was sort of spearheading those conversations across continents and across countries. And, you know, he brought stuff from Pakistan to Nova Scotia to set deck our Nova Scotia world, brought stuff from Nova Scotia to send back to Pakistan. We had a, a you know, our local Nova Scotia art director, Arshad, you know, he's Toronto based, but came into Nova Scotia. Arshad Khan was also really helpful in sourcing materials that we needed and, you know, is also Pakistani and Muslim. And so was able to, you know, help guide some of those conversations. But I mean, this team was phenomenal and it it was a big job that was not just my undertaking. It it was a big job that was a multi, multi-month process and was a big undertaking for everybody involved, but like really Michael Pearson led that. So uh bless him, hire him. Uh he should receive everything in the world that he wants. So coming back to the Atlantic International Film Festival, your, your, your movie's being screened there. So uh, are, you, are you going to attend? I am attending. Um, I'm attending and my out-of-town producer slash uh, partner, Andrea Wilson-Mirza, will be attending. Obviously, our local producers will be attending, Jason and Mark. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're hoping to get a really big, cast and crew, local cast and crew in for the opening night gala. Um, we're not sure who else is coming. We'll see. Maybe some surprises. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to, I've never attended the festival, so this will be a first for me. And how about kind of, uh, I guess you've, you've, you've mentioned a lot of local talent to Halifax. So I guess there's a, there's a real homecoming element to kind of bring in this this uh, movie to to the festival here how do you feel about kind of showing it to that kind of crowd of people who uh, uh played a big part i guess in their hometown i'm thrilled to share the film with everybody who worked on it i mean we shot in um nova scotia for 11 days and then two days in in sydney and glace bay with our team doing all the b-roll but then we shot you know 25 30 days overseas. So I'm really excited to show them the whole film. And, 
you know, I, I, I think that, um, I learned a lot in filming those first 11 days in Halifax and I was able to apply all of that learning to, to the rest of the movie. And I, I I'm just thrilled for everybody to get to see the work that they were a part of. And it'll have been less than a year, um, from the time that we shot there to our world premiere. So I'm also really stoked to be able to turn around, uh, this feature film in that time to be able to share with them. And so they can see their work because they were instrumental in making something beautiful. Amazing. Thank you. Those are all my questions. Oh my God. Did we do it? Yeah, we did it. Thank you for listening to the 2023 Atlantic International Film Festival podcast. Don't forget that this guest and many more will be showcasing the best of international cinema across Halifax from September 14th to the 21st. You can find out more about the events and book tickets by visiting atlanticfilmfestival.ca. I've been Reese Waters. Now go watch a movie.